This episode of Profiles and Risk is sponsored by IAPath. IAPath, unlocking your adjusting superpowers. Go to IAPath.com. This is Profiles in Risk. Hosted by Nick Lamparelli. Every week, we interview those who risk life, limb, fortunes, career, and reputation, and those who work behind the scenes who look to protect and enlighten us about risk. You can find the show notes and other insurance-related content at insnerds.com. That's I-N-S-N-E-R-D-S dot com. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Profiles in Risk. I'm your host, Nick Lamparelli. On this hot and humid Friday afternoon, I am pleased to introduce Mark Dilianovis. Mark is the co-founder and head of partnerships for Bold Penguin. Bold Penguin is an insure tech company that digitally connects agents and brokers in markets and helps them write more commercial business. Mark, happy Friday afternoon. Happy Friday indeed. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's crazy this week with the 4th of July being in the middle of the week. It feels like a Tuesday on a Friday here. <laughs> you know, the, the, sad, the sad part of having the 4th of July in the middle of the week was as last weekend was ending, I just instinctually thought, oh, this is going to be a pretty easy week because, well, Tuesday has to be quiet, right? And Thursday and Friday pretty much have to be quiet too because it's after a holiday. Who's going to go back to work? And yeah, I was uh, I was pretty much swamped for four days of the week. And on that middle day, yeah, I had to work a little bit. So it was a bummer. Yeah, me too. I feel like um, today, Friday, was the, the busiest day of my, my week here. I feel the same way. Yeah, such a bummer. Such a bummer. Uh, Mark, I want to go into uh, Bolt Penguin. I, I'm going to throw out for the audience uh, proper disclosure. My daytime company has had conversations with Bolt Penguin, so it's likely we're going to be a customer, but I don't think that's relevant to the conversation. So we're going to let Will jump in and just talk about Bolt Penguin and what it is that you do. Can you describe in your own words what is Bolt Penguin? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So Bold Penguin, what we like to say is we like to say our, we're helping our partners take control of the commercial insurance experience and really giving them clarity in choosing their customers and confidence in where to, to buy. And when I talk about our partners, what I really mean is our agents and brokers that we work with that use, use the platform. And this could be anyone from you know top 100 agent, broker, it could be your main street, uh, street corner agent, an insure tech agent who sits in the four walls of the carrier, whomever. We're just trying to empower agents to be a better trusted advisor, more efficient, deliver more value to their their customers, and really find and write more commercial insurance business in in ways that are are easiest for them. So that's our focus. So you're dealing predominantly in the commercial space. Uh, That makes a lot of sense to me. It's uh, a lot more complicated uh, type of business. Can you talk about how commercial business generally gets placed and why a solution like Bold Penguin is necessary in, in the market environment that we're in? Yeah. So back when we started all this, you know, my background, I was a commercial insurance agent myself for a number of, number of years. And the thing that I saw um, and that my, my partners who co-founded Bold Penguin with me saw that this is just very inefficient. 
And particularly, the inefficiency existed when a consumer was looking for insurance and trying to decide who to go to, which agent to go to, to find, find insurance. And sure, they could go and ask a friend, they could do a Google search, they could you know, do a number of things, but really, is that agent going to understand the specifics of, of their businesses? You know, a restaurant is so much different than a construction company, than a doctor's office, and so on and so forth. And getting paired with not only an agent who understands their, their business, business um, is important, but also getting paired with an agent who has relationships with the carriers who have the appetite for the risk, understand the uniqueness of that business is so important. So that's what we built Bold Penguin to solve. Not only get the business owner paired with the right agent, but also the right carrier combination for their, for their business. Because truthfully, it's kind of been a black hole for, for consumers. So you're getting the, the consumer placed with the right, right agent. The agent is receiving more of the risks that fit their appetite, that fits their expertise. And the carrier is ultimately getting profitable business that, that's a fit for them with the agents that they want to, to write that business. How much time do you think is possibly wasted by agents having to shotgun applications because they're, you know, they're, they have a particular exposure that they need to get coverage for? They don't necessarily need, uh, they don't necessarily know where to, where to send it to to potentially get a quote or to get the appropriate policy. And then on the other side, underwriters that <laughs> receive these applications have to kind of work through it before they realize this isn't a fit. We don't write, we don't even write this sort of business. How much, how much time do you think is actually wasted with the, all of the uh, stakeholders in that transaction, not knowing what the other actually wants? Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even know if you can put a number on it because it's huge, right? It's the agent, you know, them spending time keying it into various carrier systems, you know, filling out accords, supplementals, sending it out. Then like you said, you have the underwriters too. And it's it's it costs a tremendous amount of time, money. I mean, there's there's you could probably what what we we said, you know, with building bull penguin is, you know, by making this more efficient, by being able to take a risk in analyze it, look at all the critical data points, and then make a recommendation to the agent and say, hey, based off of what this risk looks like, this is the carrier you should be placing it with. By building those API integrations into the carriers to return the, um, the appetite, ask the underwriting questions up front, and get it in their hands, you know, you're taking all that load off of the underwriter um, and helping them make decisions quickly. I mean, it's a number of, of full-time employees when you start to, to break it all, all down. With, without a tool to do that, I mean, it's, it's terribly inefficient. I just remember when I was an agent, even for a simple, you know, a simple restaurant, a bop for a restaurant, you're putting it into you know, state auto system, you're going to Liberty, you're doing you know, Selective, Donegal, whomever, uh, Travelers, so on and so forth. And you're doing that you know, three, four times over every time, not to mention, you know, calling underwriters, following up, hey, is this, is this ready? Do you need anything else? And then it's that ping pong match of getting those questions that the underwriter needs answered, taking them back to your customer, all leading up to the time where you actually can get a proposal for the coverage that is the best fit for your customer. So it's, I mean, it's a big deal. It really takes a lot of time. Yeah, I think about the business that I do on a day-to-day basis, which is catastrophe-based, and I look at the types of applications that get sent to me, and that gives me an inkling as to 
what the broker might be potentially doing. So, you know, I might get an Accord app. I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's pretty generic. They might be sending it, you know, sending it around a little bit. Or I might get like a, uh, an actual, uh, some other carrier's app application. So they're actually filling out some other carrier's information and then sending it to me. So like, okay, well, I know, I know I'm competing against that carrier now. And so within, with catastrophes, it's uh, a lot of times it's difficult to play. So mo- more likely than not, it's probably going to a wholesaler too, in which then they're doing the exact same thing. <laughs> so I've actually had situations where I've, I've gotten uh, applications from retail brokers and then the same application from a wholesaler. My guess is I bet in the commercial side when the exposure starts to get more complicated, I, I would not be surprised if 50% of the time is just wasted just with shotgunning, you know, just taking a fire hose and just trying to spray it out there. I want to go into a little bit of the technical details with Bull Penguin. You're essentially sitting in the middle connecting the exposure and the agents and the marketplace to the carriers that can that fulfill the supply. How do carriers get on to Bull Penguin? What's the, what's the process to do that? And ultimately, what, what do the agents end up seeing when a carrier gets placed onto Bull Penguin? Yeah, so the, the process of bringing a carrier onto the platform is pretty involved because it all it starts with understanding, uh, you know, first the carriers, the appetite for risk, how they work with, with their agency partners. And then we get into more of the technical aspect of how, how are we going to work with them and how, how are we going to get their appetite into, into Bold Penguin. So some carriers, you know, they've done a lot of work on their APIs and they're way ahead of the way ahead of the curve. Not the majority, definitely not the majority. And when the majority uh, that we talk to, you know, they either don't have anything built yet or they said that they have it built, but then you get in there and it needs a lot of work and cleaning up. And we're happy to help with with that. But what we do once we start that integration and the whole point of that integration is to get their questions and their appetite into, into Bold Penguin. Because anytime a risk comes into our marketplace, and we see thousands and thousands of businesses coming through every month, and we walk through a detailed questionnaire with them that pertains to the specifics of their business. And as we move through that questionnaire, we feather in questions from our carrier partners that are essentially those knockout questions to determine, is this a fit for, for this particular car- carrier partner? Or, or not? Is this within their appetite? And then we rank and we score our carrier partners based off of their, their appetite, their integration with us, and overall customer experience to determine the carrier that we're going to recommend for the agent. Now, the agent, obviously, you know, they have to be appointed with that, that carrier, or Bold Penguin has to have a, a wholesale relationship with that carrier in order for them to be presented in the platform. But essentially, what the agent will see is after our team on the front end has talked to that risk, asked them all the questions, then we introduce that prospect to the agent that's the best matching agent for them. And then in their Bold Penguin portal, they're going to see the carrier that is recommended as the number one best fit for that risk based off of appetite and everything else. And they're literally going to be able to review a proposal, look at all the endorsements, the questions that the Bold Penguin team asked, they want to change anything, they can change it, and they can press a bind button right in the portal and bind, bind the policy. So that's, that's how it works. So you would ask questions like, for the carrier, what do you want to offer? Well, I'm assuming like, you know, uh, certainly, let's, let's just say uh, there's a carrier and they do property. 
would you get as specific as like we you know the carrier only wants to do retail property and not you know not habitational would it get like how how specific do you get with your questions and I, I'm assuming you would use all of that information to then link and tie to whatever the agent is requiring yeah exactly you know if it's if it's a piece of property you know we'll ask questions around any of the questions that are required by the carrier to return the proposal, um, so, you know, square footage, construction type, um, you know, things of that, that nature. Now it's up to the agent to review that and, you know, be, be the advisor, look it over, um, recommend, you know, de- other, other coverages to layer on there. But we're going to ask all the carrier, the questions that the carrier requires to return a, um, a rate and a proposal through our portal. Okay. So from uh, now let's switch over to the agent or the broker. And from their perspective, you can't possibly have every carrier's application on the system and force the agent to kind of fill those all up. So how do you dis- how do you make the shortcut, the decisions to collect just enough information that you can feed it to your marketplace without overwhelming the agent and having them actually fill out every single carrier's application? Yeah, that's kind of the, the magic of, of uh, what we built with our uh, dynamic question engine. You know, we're integrated with a number, of, a number of carriers, and we ask the questions in a manner that it either knocks out or continues with the questions that, that need to be until we, until we have it down to the number one ideal, ideal carrier that's the fit for that particular piece of business. So we've set the questions in a, in a manner that we know how to ask them dependent on how the, the first question is answered. So how they answer one question triggers what's asked, asked next and it continues in a tree. And we do all that before we, pa- we pass the prospect over to the, the best matching agent. So when we pass the prospect over to the best matching agent, all the information that we gathered, it's going to be in the Bold Penguin dashboard. And it's, we're also integrating with their agency management tool or their CRM system. So all the data is there and they don't have to do any double data entry anywhere. And if they have an appointment with a carrier that we're integrated with on our platform, then that data will be passed there as well. So we're doing a lot of the front end data gathering for the agent in that case. Well, what should be their expectations in terms of the timing for a quote? Is it, Do you find that the quotes are fairly instantaneous or are there situations where it could take like a day or two where there's actually an underwriter on the other side that actually has to look at it. So our goal for the majority is to be fairly instantaneous for the classes of business that we, that we can. And that's, that's been our approach uh, to start here. And, you know, in the demo that I host on, on Thursdays, um, I show how all of that, all of that works, but you know, I'm sure, you know, there, there'll be some that are a little more involved and need some oversight, but our objective is to get it, to be able to hit that bind button for the classes of businesses that the carriers uh, have the appetite for that, that fits. Um, and do it in real time, you know, during, you know, when, when we bring them, uh, deliver the prospect to the agent. Your process to knock questions out so you can sort of, or knock carriers out based off of the answers to questions. Are there, are there, is there like a, you don't have to lay out the proprietary element there, but I'm assuming there's like some element of machine learning or something in the background that's sort of, that's sort of processing all of these over time. Or is it, like uh, the bull penguin team just sort of sitting down and figuring out these are the, these are the series of questions we're going to need to ask to, to knock out these different carriers so we can get to the, the appropriate match. 
Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, as more and more applications come through the system, it, it becomes smarter and smarter and it recognizes patterns that they've seen in the past, you know, for businesses in a specific geography, um, you know, with certain characteristics uh, to learn as, as we go and, um, and become more, more efficient. And that's something that, you know, having all that data really allows you to do. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. So you're, you're, you've been a startup. I wouldn't even classify Bull Penguin as a startup anymore. Do, do you still feel as though you're a startup? You know, we're, I, I still feel like we're, we're a startup. You know, we have that startup culture, but we're a little bit past the startup, startup phase. Right. But, you know, we can move really quick. We, we've really put together um, an incredible team of individuals that are passionate about commercial insurance and passionate about empowering agents to continue to be the, uh, the future of the commercial insurance space. The uh, longer we can preserve that startup culture and that startup mentality of being scrappy, the, the better. Yeah. Some, some of your competitors would play devil's advocate, I think, and say, well, um, we don't think the agent or the broker is actually bringing the value that they used to bring into the marketplace. So we're going to build some technology and knock them out and we're going to replace them with a digital platform. You've made the opposite bet, obviously. What do you think that you see that they don't see? Well, I think there's a lot of folks that have come into this insure tech space that came into it just because they've heard it's hot, there's opportunity, insurance needs innovation. They came from other industries and they don't understand in insurance um, first. And for us, we came from we came from the insurance side of things. We understand the why behind why the trusted advisor is important, why commercial, why in commercial specifically, you know, with every industry being so nuanced and the coverage is being so, so different for different, uh, different types of businesses. And I think without having that insurance experience and actually being hands-on in that hand-to-hand combat, selling, having the relationships with carriers, working with under, underwriters, um, I think, you, you know, it's easy for people to see, oh, yeah, we can, you know, because this exists somewhere else, we can do this in, in insurance. And it's just not how it works. Um, and, you know, yeah, we've placed our bet on, on the agents being, being the future. I think the role of the agent changes, certainly. But more, I, I think for the better, you know, it changes more to being that trusted advisor and um, less on somebody who is, bogged down with some of the, the back office office work and um, the, of, the, of the past. So that's where we've placed our chips. Yeah, I, I wanted to get into part of that as well. The, the entire insure tech scene, uh, Bull Penguin is classified as an insure tech company because you have a very solid uh, backbone and foundation that is all technology. Uh, and you talked about one misconception. Could you talk about a couple, you know, maybe some other misconceptions that exist of uh, technology companies and how they're trying to solve problems that actually exist in insurance. I think part of it is that, as you mentioned, they're coming from tech and don't actually know insurance. Do you, do you ever see any other misconceptions uh, that they have? Um, you know, I, I, one that I'll throw out there is, um, you know, they see it in other areas they might um, try to, like, unbundle products. So they've seen how technology has been very successful. You look at like the cable industry and 
now we're getting to the point where you can like actually stream a single channel. And I've now seen that in insurance as well. Are there any other misconceptions that you feel as though the, the tech, the tech folks that are coming in are, are getting wrong about the insurance industry? You know, the, the big one is um, I think the insurance agents think the tech tech folks, they don't understand insurance. Um, and I think there, yeah, there's a, you know, that's a part of it. But I think if you dig a little bit deeper, there are a lot of folks who have come from the insurance background and are doing, um, are approaching it in, in a manner that is um, empowering the agents, the carriers, you know, to be part of this for the, for the future. Um, so that's, you know, I know that's in the same, the same vein. Um, but that's really the one that, that, that jumped out to me. And I see time and time again, um, that really, really stands, stands out. Um, trying to think of others that come, come to mind. Um, you know, you mentioned the bundling and, um, you know, certainly seen that, that too, with some very, from specific products focused on specific lines that people have come up with that are very automated and are removing the agent from, you know, it's just a, a direct to con- consumer play straight, straight through. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that, that, that pans out. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't believe that that's, you know, a fit for, for commercial, at least once you get up into the larger, small commercial and, and mid and mid market. Um, you know, I think one day, maybe some of these small Bob products, sure, but you still need an agent to advise on that. I, that's, that's just my take. Yeah. Uh, so that explains why you're not doing personal lines. Are there any aspects of personal lines that you think Bold Penguin could potentially assist agents and brokers? Uh, you know, I think from the personal lines perspective, it's not necessarily the world isn't all auto and homeowners. Um, have you have you thought about potentially dabbling in uh, areas where agents and brokers are still struggling on the personal line side? We are just laser focused on commercial. We have our we have our uh, blinders on and are all in on commercial. So uh, we haven't even thought of of personal lines, yeah. um, but uh, just heads down on commercial right now. Okay, no distractions there. I like that. It's, yep. it's it's hard in the startup world to not get distracted. Everything's like a you know a, a shiny object that you wanna you wanna go after. Um, so. You've uh, you are head of partnerships now, but you were formerly the COO of Bold Penguin. So, running you know creating a startup and running an organization culture must be uh, you know very important. And so, when you were creating Bold Penguin, how were you thinking? I want to pick your brain as a former COO of a startup. What were you? What were the, some of the things you were thinking of when you were trying to set the culture for your company? Yeah, culture is the most important thing in our company, in any company to get, to get right. And the thing that we always thought of when we were hiring and deciding who the first people to bring on, who the first key hires would be, is we always wanted to hire, um, and it sounds cliche, A, a players, but people that were smarter than, than, than ourselves and had other skill sets that were better than, than we had. And also, you know, people that we, we like, we want to work with and shame our, share our so, same values for you know how we how we treat people how we treat our customers um and um and the same vision for um what bold penguin has become and will will continue to be become 
But I think the thing that we've really, we've always focused on is hiring smart, A-level people and just being slow and methodical about that to make sure, you know, we're, we're growing the team in that manner. And I think we've done a nice job building the culture thus far. People really enjoy being at the office. We just moved into a new space, downtown Columbus. We have a lot of fun, fun with it. You know, we call our our kitchen, Cafe Antarctica, everyone works in icebergs and glaciers. And um, <laughs> you know, we have fun with the penguin, <laughs> penguin puns. That's funny. Uh, it, when I was on your site looking at uh, photos and the like, it, was, that, was that you in the bull penguin mascot uniform? <laughs> that is me in the bull penguin mascot uniform, yeah. So, yeah. so you actually walk the walk. Yeah, so, so that was for... Um, Halloween. Um, I put that on every Monday morning. We do a Monday morning meeting, and um, I came out and surprised the uh, the group with the the bull penguin costume there. So we have a lot of fun. Um, um, a couple weeks ago, a colleague of mine, Chris, he put it on for a little LinkedIn gift that we made. So have fun with it. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, you talked a little bit about hiring A players, but could you talk a little bit about uh, just recruiting strategies altogether? Uh, first, uh, how how big is Bull Penguin today? So we're just over sixty team members okay. uh, today. So so you you you've approached and uh, you're approaching like those key metric numbers where culture could begin to start breaking down because there's so many people. It's you know, communication gets a little bit more difficult, so on and so forth. So how are you going about with, um, you know, recruiting the talent and thinking about how are you going to set your organization going forward as you continue to get bigger? Yeah, so we're really, we've made it a point to be really active in our, in the community in Columbus and be out there um, at all of the different events that are going on, whether it be a local job fair, the Columbus Ruby Brigade for the, the, the developers. We host a lot of uh, a lot of different different events so people can get to get to know to know us um, in very casual settings, and you know make sure we get to like each other before we we start doing any any interviews or anything like like that. So we've really focused on being active in the community and getting people to know us as an employer. Um, and um, establishing establishing that that brand, so that's really that's really gone gone a long way. And just showing people that hey, you know, insurance is really cool. There's a lot of opportunity in this space, and it isn't what you what you expect. And just trying to have fun with it and not take ourselves too ser- seriously. Well, the, uh, I, I, I'd like I want to go into that just for a second. Uh, hit that question. So you're a tech company. But then, you know, you're talking to a potential young recruit that, you know, uh, you want to run through your interview process, and then you tell them that you're dealing with insurance. I'm, you know, honestly, honestly curious, does it, do you, do you ever see on the other side that there is a deflation, that it's like, oh, this is a different kind of tech. This isn't like the Google, Facebook tech. I'm, I'm curious as to, you know, what your interactions are when, when uh, your recruits do find out that, uh, it is insurance based. So you're right. The, uh, there definitely is some of that air out of the out of the room when they hear that. But it all comes back when they see the problems that that we're we're solving, and particularly for the folks that are are building the tech. 
And um, when they see what the problems are and the complexity level and, and what's, you know, what the, what actually exists today and the opportunity to change that, that's when you see the light bulbs start going off and that's where the excitement comes, uh, comes back in. You know, once they get into it, once they sit with some of our engineers and some of the people that are building it and they show them the problems that they're working on and the opportunities to really make a mark and make a change and have your fingerprints on something really special that hasn't been done done before, that's appealing. I don't think you have to be, you know, a Google of, of the world. As long as you're solving complex, interesting problems, you're going to attract talent once they, once they see that and get their, get their head around what, uh, what's being done. Insurance just sits there and kind of seems like this boring, monotonous thing. But as uh, my other, my good friend and podcaster, David Wright says, insurance is like infinitesimally difficult. Like it's just, it's incredibly challenging. If you look at the, what the problem it is that you're trying to solve, um, it's, it's immensely difficult and put it, wrapping tech around it and machine learning or, you know, decision-making and things like that. I, I, you know, to me, it's a no brainer. I can definitely see how a young person, once they see that part of it says, Oh, I want to be a part of that. You know, it's, uh, you know, maybe it's not trying to get a a man to the moon, but it's still incredibly difficult, challenging and, and rewarding as well. So I love that part of it. I'm glad you guys have, you know, put a lot of attention on that. It's something that we, uh, you know, in insurance learns, we focus and preach a lot about is uh, getting the employee to come in is one thing. Getting them to stay is something else. And to get them to stay, uh, especially younger, uh, younger employees, uh, millennials, Gen Zers, they, they have to know that they're contributing to the greater cause and they're just not a cog in, you know, the, the, the bigger machine. So, uh, I, I uh, congratulate you for that. And, uh, Mark, this is the part of the podcast where I transition over to a more personal side. Uh, we already know that you like to wear uh, penguin suits, so uh, I'll, I'll put a few photos of that on the show notes. But uh, this is the part where we uh, get to learn a little bit about Mark and who he is and not just the, as the co-founder of Bull Penguin. So uh, a question I like to ask all of my guests are: is, uh, when you aren't working, what do you enjoy doing? So really anything that's, that's outdoors, really like outdoor sports, uh, skiing in the winter. Um, my girlfriend and I just got back from a trip to Costa Rica uh, to go surfing down, down there for, for a couple of days, which was a lot of fun. Um, wait, is, wait, wait, hold on. Where, where are you originally from? So I'm from Annapolis, Maryland, and I, I moved to Columbus just over, um, just over a year, year ago. Uh, before that, I was commuting back and forth. So, yeah, there's no water in Columbus, unfortunately. So how did you learn how to surf? Growing up in Maryland. Growing up in Maryland. Ah, Maryland has waves. Yep, it's right on, uh, you know, from from Annapolis to the Atlantic Ocean, it's about an hour and a half, two hours. So um, surfing, kite surfing. Got it. You know, the Chesapeake Bay is great for that. So that's my thing. Good. No, that's that's awesome. That's uh. I'm, I'm trying to get a surfer onto profiles and risk because I want to talk about like how freaking dangerous it is. Um, and you know, being dangerous also being fun, but how do you perform um, risk calculations? You know, like you're, you're for big wave surfers, your life is in your, you know, your life is at risk. So, you know, how do they take those necessary precautions? So, 
uh, for everyone that's listening, somewhere down the road, we will get a surfer on to uh, big wave surfer to talk about those things and uh, the, the risk of life and limb. Um, so, Mark, what tools or techniques do you use to stay productive and or organized? So, you, number one for, for me is a strong CRM um, to manage. You know, part of being a head of partnerships is I manage our marketplace contributor partners, the, one, the partners and agents, when they come across risks that don't fit their appetite, they can send them in to our marketplace and get compensated for that. So we use, um, I use ProsperWorks for that. It's really nice. It, plug, it, it looks like um, all the Google tools. So it works really well to manage a pipeline and everything like that. And then it has a ni- neat tool that layers on top of it called Just Call that you can call right, right from any, um, any website you know, that has a phone number on. You can call right, right through the app, you know, organize who you're calling and follow up with. Um, those are my top two. And then beyond that, um, I really like the simplicity of Wonderlist for just tasks that need to get done in a given week or, or day. Um, those are, those are my, those are my favorites right now. Yeah, we, we use Wonderlist um, on, in my day job at Rethought and, uh, my my co-founder has warned me a few times. Is like, don't get comfortable with it. Microsoft bought them. <laughs> Some, somehow, Microsoft will screw them up. So I, I hope not because it's uh, probably the best task app uh, that I've used because it syncs with all of your devices. It's online and it's got a very simplistic uh, user interface. So I'll I'll put those on the show notes for any listeners that, that's never used it with the caveat that. Uh, Microsoft could screw this up at the end of the day anyway. So, uh, so Mark, my final question to you is uh, li- our listeners love uh, hearing what our guests are reading for books. Um, I've, I've used this as a way to, uh, I've bought, I've purchased so many books from what our, my guests have, have mentioned. So I've learned a lot and I'm uh, curious as to what books that you have found personally influential in your business and or uh, personal business, business and or personal lives. And that could be anything, any, any book that you found that it's actually been helpful or very influential in what you do and who you are. So gosh, I could go on about this for a while, for a while. Um, the, the, for my business life, I just finished a, a book, Ray Dalio's book called principles um, that recently came out. And that was just incredible. I recommend that to, to anyone. And, I, um, my co-founder, uh, Ben Clark, he recommended that book book to me. And it's really, um, amazing to see how, um, um, Ray managed Bridgewater, that organization from a cultural standpoint, how he hired really pulls back the veil on how he, how he thinks, um, about life and just, and, and work in general and just his principles for managing people, growing a company, building an organization, um, just a fantastic book. The other one that I really like um, was Delivering Happiness, a um, story about uh, Zappos and how Zappos came about and how they run their, their culture. So those two for, um, you know, professional. Uh, personal, my, one of my favorite books that um, I read back when I was in college that inspired me to start running was Confessions of an All-Night Runner by Dean Carnassus. 
And I read that book and I decided, you know, this guy's running 100 plus marathons at a time, 100 plus miles at a time. I'm going to sign up for a marathon. So I decided to sign up and run my first marathon <laughs> after reading that book. And that was the first running race that I ever, I ever ran. Wait, so, wait, wait. You, you went from not being a runner or not running to running a marathon? Yeah, that book was uh, so inspiring. It's like this guy is running all night, not sleeping, eating pizza, uh, and I just said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just going to, uh, I'm gonna figure out how to do this and just start, uh, start running here. <laughs> how, how did you do? So, I mean, I trained for it. I trained for it, um, but not well, to be honest. I trained all <laughs> summer, and I ran it in like four hours and thirty minutes, and then at the last mile. I don't know what happened. I blacked completely out. I couldn't see. I had to sit down on the guardrail. It was a Marine Corps marathon in Washington, D.C. And I sat on the guardrail for 30 minutes at the end of the race. And uh, I walked to the finish eventually. But it was not a good first marathon. <laughs> have, you, have you run marathons since? I did one more after, after that. Um, and then I did, I've done three half Ironmans um, since. But... Um, the half Ironmans are way more fun than the marathon. A marathon's too far to to run, but I am um, I am going to do the Columbus Marathon this fall, and hopefully, I can get some redemption. <laughs> wow, that's that is crazy. I mean, I mean uh, regardless of how you think of it, that is an amazing accomplishment, considering that uh, most people, including myself, have never run a marathon. And for you, even though you trained for it, it's, it was still your, your first attempt endeavored to do something like that. And that you even finished is like an absolutely amazing accomplishment without dying. Yeah. That's how I feel. You know, just happy I got through it and didn't uh, kick the bucket in the process. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mark, I want to respect your time. We've come to the end of the podcast and uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your Friday before happy hour, probably. Um, to to talk about bull penguin, we have um, you know in SureTech, uh, in a way, bull penguin along with S Kodiak and a bunch of other companies have become like you know that fun uh, insuretech safari with the, you know the animal names and uh, you know we have uh, we have interviewed uh, Ilya Bodner, your other co-founder, who's um, who's been on this. I'll I'll just throw the link up to that. Um, you definitely what what strikes me about bull penguin is that um, in, in, in tech, a lot of folks have come out to cr try to create marketplaces. And in insurance, it's been done a whole bunch of times, uh, folks trying to create platforms. And they've always, you know, they've, all those platforms have essentially fallen on their face. And Bull Penguin truly and legitimately seems like that, that sort of platform that there's been, um, that has learned from the past, but has also, there's so much insurance knowledge in there and tech knowledge all of the pieces have seemed to come into place and um, what, what it is that you're doing seems to be on firm footing. Again, I, I'm hoping to be a customer soon. So there's a, there's a method to my madness, but I appreciate uh, not only you coming onto the show, but uh, you being forthright with, with the audience and also sharing uh, what you've learned and, and how it is that you're trying to do everything. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for, for having me. And um I look forward to uh, you know continuing the conversation in the future here. Same, same. Uh, my guest this week has been Mark Delianovis of Bold Penguin. Mark, thanks again. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. <laughs>